0: I just imagine that when you watch any sort of like rom-com that you have like the worst experience like it's the notebook and the rain is pouring and everybody else is like oh they're in love and you're like someone's gonna die oh no <laughs>
1: Saw Ant-Man and the Wasp last night.
0: Yeah, how was it? It's
1: it's good. They should really rename it to Ant-Man and sometimes the Wasp because she's barely in it.
0: I don't care. The Wasp is... uh, What's-her-face, right? Kate? Kate, yeah. Mm.
1: Upset me. I mean, I love Paul Rudd, and Ant-Man's great. And at the time of recording, it's the day after, and I'm seeing a lot of people say, another... Mid-Marvel movie, fucking terrible. Probably because you know there's a lot of prominent women in the in the movie.
0: Well, it sounds like sounds like well, she wasn't that prominent.
1: She took a backseat to everybody except for Hank. Fucking Michelle Pfeiffer's character was in it a lot, which I love Michelle Pfeiffer. And then uh his daughter, who they recasted, I can't remember her name, but like Catherine something, she was in it a lot. So it it was just it wasn't that she wasn't really in it a bunch. It was just more like for, you know, second build title character, you would think that she would be in it as much as Ant-Man. I guess. I saw it with Kate. And it's one of those situations where you hate Kate Seagal because of.
0: Sons of Anarchy.
1: Sons of Anarchy. And she hates. uh,
0: Evangeline Lilly.
1: No, no. What was the person she said the other day? Oh, she hates Blake Lively because of Serena Vanderwoodson. She's not the biggest fan of 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 Evangeline Lilly. So we're watching the movie, and there's this moment where they're in the quantum realm. Spoiler for at this point, a seven week movie. If you haven't seen it, you don't care. But
0: I feel like we shouldn't be putting spoilers out. That's not long enough. Some people wait until it comes out on Disney Plus.
1: It's not it's not a spoiler, but it's basically because it's in the trailer.
0: Okay, there's, so don't say spoiler.
1: If you don't want to know anything, but there's a moment where they're in the quantum realm and Michelle Pfeiffer is just like refusing to talk about her past there. And Evangeline or the Wasp is Wasp is like, You need to tell me, or I'm not going any further. And Kate just leaned over and said that's such a Kate thing to say it's just like you know what honestly yeah
0: no it's more of a Jack thing in my opinion I mean Jack literally did that (laughs) honestly yeah okay I'm glad you connected that to Lost because I cannot express how much I don't care about that movie or anything to do with Marvel so let's
1: move on you went and saw Marvel stuff
0: yeah because Andrew likes to see it there's some stuff I like but like I do not care. I don't care to talk about it, even a
1: little bit. Well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lauren Gets Lost. I'm Zane.
0: And I'm Lauren. And I actually have a story that I forgot to tell you from weeks ago. Okay. I was out to dinner with two of my friends. And we're sitting there. We're eating Thai food, my favorite. And my friend Tahira goes, so I found her podcast. Oh, God. Just out of nowhere. And when I tell you this was my exact reaction, I went, no. <laughs> so anyway, apparently she had known for a while and just kept forgetting to tell me, and I was like, "I'm so embarrassed." And that was she was like, "No, I think it's cool," and I was like, "No, it's not cool. It's not cool." And that's my story. What
1: well, does she listen?
0: I don't think so.
1: <laughs> How many times?
0: <laughs> I don't think she's ever watched Lost.
1: Yeah, we might have picked a too niche of a show.
0: Whatever. Speaking you know, of lost.
1: <laughs> Today we are covering season two, episode six, Abandoned, otherwise known as Zane Cries for 42 Minutes because he knows what's coming.
0: That was a rough one. Yeah. I cried. A now,
1: non-dog related cry?
0: Tears didn't fall from my eyes, but it was enough of a cry for me to call it a cry. Like my face got ugly. And... And there was wetness in my eyes.
1: Half that is just normal for you.
0: Shut the hell up. (laughs) Anyway, do you want to hear my synopsis? Yes, please. Or do you want to keep calling me ugly? Both. Great. All right, I'm not going to lie. It's not my best. The tailies continue to make their way to the main camp while Shannon and Saeed take the next step. And other stuff. And then I cry.
1: I would have wrote the tailies continue to make their way towards the main camp while well, at camp, Shannon and Saeed make it.
0: <laughs> nope. That sucks. This is why I write the synopsis. Anyway.
1: Play on words. Uh,
0: I will say that like this whole episode, it was just giving me really, really intense anxiety. And then the end made sense. Why? But I feel like they did a really good job of stressing me out. Like, it was like I just knew something bad was coming the whole time.
1: More on that later. Okay. Got quick bits. Mm. This episode was directed by Adam Davidson. He's done Greys, Deadwood, Criminal Minds, Dexter, True Blood, Fringe, Awake, which is an amazing... One season show. I loved the concept of it. If you haven't watched it, please watch it. I'm He's also, sure I
0: did watch that.
1: It's so good. He's also done a couple episodes of Community and Fear of the Walking Dead. And recently does that show La Brea or L.A. Brea, whatever it is, which is trying so hard to be Lost's spiritual successor. It has referenced Lost at least three different times.
0: No idea what that is.
1: It's basically like a giant hole forms in the ground in Los Angeles and like people fall through and they go to like, I, I don't know. It's, it's dumb. I don't care. Ian Summerholder returns as a special guest star in this episode. There are two unaired flashbacks in this episode. One was at Adam's wake where Shannon's stepmom and her discuss their only similarity being their love for Adam. And it's like this kind of moment where there's like a little warmth in their relationship And then Sabrina tells Shannon to go clean up. Hmm. The other one is Shannon visiting the French dude's house because she accepted the job as the au pair that's referenced earlier in the episode and meets his wife while flirting in front of them. Yeah, kind of setting up how she becomes a shitty person later. But both of these are on the season two DVD set, which I have.
0: I feel like it makes sense to cut the au pair scene because this is not really an episode where they want to paint Shannon in a bad light because we want the last part to like really impact us, you know?
1: Yeah. Speaking of the last part, the ending of this episode was written. So the two sections of the plane would come together in quote, the most uncomfortable manner. And they did. It was Naveen Andrews idea for Shannon and Saeed to develop a relationship he knew it would get an extreme reaction from middle America.
0: You know, I feel like the extreme reaction at that point in time was obviously the race difference. But for me, it's the age difference. <laughs> like, I- I'm sure that what he's referring to is like, oh, a Middle Eastern man with a wealthy white woman. I'm like, oh, a 20 year old with a 37 year old. Absolutely not.
1: But remember, Maggie Grace is a little older than Shannon.
0: It doesn't matter. It's their <laughs> character's age. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not watching a show and looking up their actual ages going, well, it's okay.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> your point. And lastly, it was a combination of the writers not knowing what to do with her character and Maggie Grace wanting to pursue films that led to Shannon's departure from the show. Since being on Lost, she went on to be a series regular in four seasons of Fear the Walking Dead, as well as being both... Taken, and Twilight's franchises. Not bad for a girl from Columbus, Ohio.
0: She's from Columbus?
1: We've already talked about this.
0: Look, I don't remember anything that ever comes out of your mouth. Or mine. That's pretty cool. Um, I will say I really did not, we're like barely into season two. Did not expect somebody to be dying right now. Did not expect it to be her. And I'm pretty upset because I don't think I actually realized how much I liked Shannon until I watched her die. Yeah. Like all of a sudden I was like, but I love her. And I'm like, I've never given her a thought except for the one time that she was hottie of the week.
1: <laughs> I was driving to Kate's the other day and I was on the phone with mom and I was like, ah, oh, just watched the Shannon episode. I'm not doing too great. And she's just like, I never understood why you like Shannon. And I just went on this like, Five minute rant. And I was like, I got to write that down. And I did write it down. And I'm going to go on that rant later. But I was like, Shannon's a great character. You shut the fuck up. Great. But let's break it down. Let's. The episode starts off with Shannon giving Vincent some water and kissing his head. So right out the gate, they're making Shannon look like the best character ever.
0: Izzy does that, too. She drinks the water as I'm pouring it.
1: Saeed pulls her away down the beach to a tent that he set up for her. They go in and there's flowers, fruit, handles, and massive amounts of sex appeal.
0: Honestly, the age difference just came right back (laughs) at me. I could not find this romantic. I was like, he could literally be her father. Ah, no, I couldn't do it.
1: So he's not hottie of the week this week?
0: We'll talk about it later.
1: Fair enough. Saeed tells her that the tent is for her and she thanks him and they share a kiss and Shannon finds Saeed's gun tucked in his pants. She asks if he has to carry it all the time and he says he only does so to protect her. Then they return kissing and they get busy. I
0: hate, I hate when you do that.
1: With the tailies, Cindy tells Anna it's, over the agreed upon time to wait for Echo and the others to catch up, Anna tells them to rest a little longer, but Sawyer calls her out for being lost. Anna denies this, but then immediately asks which way he would go. Sawyer tells her the smart play is to wait for Echo to come back and guide them. And then Anna blames Michael for pulling Echo away and comments on him leaving Michael behind. Sawyer says Michael only cares about himself and Walt and neither has to do with him. But Michael shows up and says he's glad he feels that way.
0: See, this is a perfect example of why Michael does not see them as being friends. Like, you're so fixated on that. But like, there you go.
1: Yeah. But Sawyer is a little valid because he does just keep ditching them and everything that happened on the raft with like oh, you feel guilty because, you know, such and such, and it's your fault that they took Walt.
0: Okay, I need you to check yourself really quick. His child was taken from him.
1: He Sawyer took a bullet in the shoulder, and he's battling infection. He's also been hit several times and locked up in a ditch. He's probably not in the best of moods.
0: I understand that, but, like, I just really don't think that we can judge Michael right now. Like, oh, why is he not considering... Sawyer's feelings or whatever like his child was taken out of his arms now not technically out of his arms because he fucking let go like a dummy but I I just feel like they're both valid in their feelings and we can't judge either one of them
1: fair enough Jin asks about Sawyer's arm and it is not doing well Anna asks if Echo is okay and he tells her that He saw them. Libby immediately asks if the kids were with them. Interesting. And Anna and Echo tell everyone they need to go now. And Jin helps a struggling Sawyer to his feet. Why do you think the others keep taking kids? We now have Alex, Danielle thought they would want Aaron. They took Walt. And it seems like the Taylors lost some kids at some point.
0: I mean, the obvious answer is that they have some sort of like community and they need outside people to grow their community. Otherwise they're going to all be inbred. (laughs) I mean, right? Like kids grow into childbearing adults and you can't just have the kids that they're producing amongst them and make more kids because they'll all be related. Right. In some way or another.
1: But I mean, they could also take... The adults, pretty much yeah, everybody on this islands of childbearing age.
0: It's easier to take a child and manipulate them into their way of life and not running away and stuff. Whereas, like an adult, you're going to have to take that adult and not to be graphic, content warning, but immediately basically rape that adult to make children.
1: At the beach, post coital, Shannon asks if the tent means that they are serious. And Said says he does this for all his island girls. Funny. Hmm. Shannon wants to go get some water, but Saeed offers to get it for her. She thinks that he's returned, but once again, she sees Walt dripping wet and she screams.
0: Saw that coming for sure.
1: Do we want to know what he said backwards this time?
0: Absolutely.
1: It's going to break your heart. No. They're coming and they're close. Breaks my heart.
0: It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be.
1: It was a warning, basically.
0: Yeah, but I thought it was going to be like, thank you for taking care of Vincent. Something sad like that. Like he <laughs> knew she was going to die or something. Who's going to take? Oh, I guess Michael. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> I, look, I don't feel like they just let the dog die. Everybody <laughs> seems to love that dog.
0: I know, but I'm like still processing all of this right now.
1: So tells tell Shannon that the tent is empty and it must have been a dream. But Shannon tells him that she saw Walt. Charlie walks up and asks if everything is okay. And Said says it was only a dream. And Shannon storms off. How do we feel about Said kind of like stepping in and speaking for her in this moment?
0: Well, you know how I feel. Hashtag believe women. But it's kind of a crazy situation. So I understand him being like, no, you didn't see Walt.
1: Right. Claire and Aaron... Walk up and Charlie asks why she took him towards the sound of danger. He says Aaron will be all fussy now that his sleep schedule is ruined, and Claire apologizes. Charlie tells her to give him to him.
0: I wanted to shank Charlie. Shut up, Charlie. Like, you are not this child's father. Where does he get the audacity? I just, I don't get it. I hate him.
1: I think I'm going to take a back seat on shitting on charlie this week at least until the back half of the episode
0: i'll start (laughs) now charlie sucks
1: (laughs) then shannon moves out of the romantic tent and saeed tries to stop her she asks if he believes her and saeed's silence says no she storms off saying she knows what she saw we get our first shannon flashback it really fucking sucks that the first time we learned about her backstory is when she dies
0: I mean, we already had a little bit of knowledge about her backstory.
1: Yeah, but like, not really. It was like from Boone's perspective.
0: Yeah, but we still knew something.
1: Shannon is a dance instructor for a group of young women.
0: Okay, honestly, when they're like panning through all the little girls and then they stop on the young blonde girl, I was like, "Ah, it's child Shannon. And then there's Shannon. And I was like, <laughs> never mind.
1: At the end of the rehearsal, a little girl asks if her father saw her. Shannon says yes, but he was too busy flirting with Shannon's friend, Nora. The two of them end up joking about Philippe wanting Nora to be her au pair so he can sleep with her. Shannon then gets a call from Sabrina telling her that Adam was in an accident. They go to St. Sebastian's Hospital. The only shot of Jack in this entire episode is him just walking by. And a doctor tells them that Adam died from the accident. If you forget, Adam is Shannon's dad. Shannon begins to break down immediately, and Sabrina asks to see him, and the doctor asks if her daughter would like to see as well. Sabrina coldly calls Shannon her stepdaughter. They also did quickly say that he stopped breathing at the site of the accident, and they were unable to revive him, which might explain why it was like such a short sequence in Man of Science, Man of Faith, because I remember you commenting on that. Yeah. I understand the complexity of any sort of step relationship. I had my issues with it in the past. I've made my peace with it. But if there was ever a time to not clarify that someone is their stepdaughter, it is maybe right after they found out that their father died.
0: I was cold.
1: So right out the gate, fuck this woman. What was your initial reaction to this younger version of Shannon?
0: She doesn't seem as, like, bitter. I don't think that current Shannon is bitter, but she definitely is a little bit more bitter and untrusting of people. She seems more, you know, bright-eyed and happy and all that. Obviously, until her dad dies, but...
1: right. I think Maggie Grace does a fantastic job in this episode. Just comparing flashback Shannon to early island Shannon and even present day Shannon, like just it's like three different people. Um, She's so like kind of like softer in, in the flashback. And just doesn't really seem that confident. Compare that to when they first get to the island and just like every. Every sentence she says is just dripping in sarcasm she really just showed her range here
0: yeah like when she first gets to the island it's like entitlement and brattiness and i really feel like she's grown in this like short time that we got with her but i'm still sad
1: yeah anna asks how far from the camp they are and echo vaguely says a day sawyer collapses and libby asks if she can take a look He asks if she is a doctor and we learn that she is a clinical psychologist. Sawyer says that she can talk to his shoulder.
0: That was pretty funny.
1: Libby asks how he got shot and Michael says it was when they took Walt. Libby tells him it's not that bad and he will be okay. He gets up and goes. What do you think of Libby?
0: She seems nice. She obviously wants to just like comfort people and like she just wanted him to like relaxed. She obviously does not know anything about his shoulder.
1: But I mean, it's more of like a mental thing. Like if you're told like it's not that bad, you're like, okay, I can do this then. Yeah. Hurley and Rose are doing laundry on the beach when Hurley asks why they don't use the hatch. Rose says that she doesn't like the hatch, not because of the button, but because she doesn't want to spoil herself. There was no hatch in this episode yet again.
0: Yeah, we haven't seen the hatch in a while.
1: Shannon asks if they know where Walt's clothes are. And Hurley points them towards Michael and Walt's tent. Rose comments, it cannot be easy losing the only person you love on the island. Really just driving that point home, the closer Bernard gets, just to be like, oh, just in case you forgot.
0: Yeah, but she doesn't think that she's lost him.
1: Right. Shannon finds Walt's shirt and gives it to Vincent, telling him to find Walt. They run through the jungle and Vincent ends up taking her to Boone's grave. Which is just mean.
0: <laughs> I just thought it was funny that she was trying to make this lab into a scent dog. Like I have tried to teach Loki how to find something by scent. Now granted, I've only worked on him with worked on it with him a couple times, but he couldn't find a freaking sock in the same room. Like she's just like, all right, buddy, you're gonna find a whole person. Go.
1: Hey, editing Zane here. Turns out Madison, the lab that plays Vincent, actually was a tracking dog before she started acting. Well, she said you're always running off trying to find him, which I think is an interesting take.
0: Yeah, but it's just funny to me. Like, I mean, obviously it didn't work.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, he did lead her to Ghost Vault again.
0: I mean, or Ghost Vault just like found him.
1: Claire begs Aaron to go to sleep as he cries. Did you notice how long he's been up?
0: Eight hours.
1: Whoa. And Locke asks how the cradle is working. Claire says the cradle's great, but Aaron's the problem, which was hilarious.
0: Yeah, it was pretty good.
1: Locke asks if he can, and with permission, swaddles Aaron.
0: Loved it. I was like, I wish Charlie was around to take note. He asks first before just giving advice that, in this case, is productive. But Charlie knows much.
1: He says babies like to be constricted, and it's not until they're older that they want to be free. And then Aaron stops crying. Claire says everyone seems to know more about her child than her, and talks about Charlie giving her a lecture the previous night. She says that she was mad, but knows that he was right. Then she says she never agreed for him to be a partner in this. And they barely know each other saying that Charlie could be a religious freak. And then telling Locke about the Virgin Mary statue.
0: That was good. That was interesting.
1: Locke was like statue. Really? Shannon stares at Boone's grave and we get a flashback. Shannon says goodbye to her father at his wake and Boone arrives and they share a hug. He says he is sorry And she says that he came back. The music is very emotional. And this is the dramatic return of a dead character that I was looking for back in the end of season one.
0: This is definitely like the stereotypical returning character. Like, she's like, you came back or whatever, which is like his character and the actor, blah, blah, blah. But can we just say his hair, not great. No. Also, the look... That Boone's mom gives them from across the room. Just nasty.
1: They share a drink in Shannon's room and Shannon comments about how Sabrina will be pissed at him. Then they toast to Adam. Boone gives her some gum and asks if she will come visit him in New York when this is all over. And she says that if she gets her internship at some dance company, then she will be living in New York. She says that she knows it's a long shot, but she still might get it. And Boone does a poor job of convincingly agreeing with her. It just doesn't seem like he had any confidence that she'd be able to get it.
0: Well, I mean, if we go based off of what Sabrina, is that her name? Yeah. What Sabrina has said, Shannon hasn't exactly been committed to anything in the past. So he's like.
1: We'll, we'll talk about that, but Shannon's 18. OK, so but that
0: could also be part of it.
1: I mean, yeah, Yeah. but, like, how committed does a teenager need to be when deciding their future? I changed my major within three days of being at college.
0: Okay, but if you have a pattern of that, then the people in your life might be a little bit like, oh, yeah, okay, sure, next year, I'm sure you're still going to be on this ballet thing.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, the question was, can she get the internship?
0: Okay, but... If she hasn't been committed to it for that long, if last year she was on interior design, I would be questioning whether she could get it too. I'm actually surprised just because I know that ballet is one of those things that people start super young and they like commit their whole lives to it. And if she was like on an interior design kick last year, I'm kind of shocked that she actually got the internship.
1: Well, I mean, let's use some context clues here. She is an instructor, so she probably has been doing it for a while. She probably wanted to do interior design, decided against that, and then went towards the thing that she has been doing.
0: Yeah. I don't know. In my experience with all things ballet, and all media that I have seen, it is like you do ballet and only ballet.
1: He asks if Sabrina and her have spoken or if they have even gotten along. And Shannon says that Sabrina hates her and that from the beginning, Sabrina resented her relationship with her father. To me, their relationship in this episode feels much more like the traditional sibling relationship, which makes the sex so much weirder.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's like, honestly, it's gonna be weird no matter what. It's always weird. But the fact that like this flashback series gives us honestly no sexual tension whatsoever it's weird it's very weird later on but I'm just going to try to forget about that what I will say is that Sabrina she needs therapy like she's clearly jealous of Shannon and Boone's relationship and if what Shannon is saying is accurate then she was jealous of Shannon and her dad's relationship and I'm like girl those relationships have nothing to do with your relationship. You you have issues. Yeah. She probably has her own daddy issues. That's what
1: I'm assuming. The tailies make their way across the rocky coastline of the island, and Echo sees Sawyer struggling and calls for a break. He says they're going to need to cut inland because of hazardous terrain, and Anna says he's only doing this to get Sawyer back faster. She asks if he is really willing to risk their lives for Sawyer. And Echo says it's the only way he knows. Anna says that she liked him better when he wasn't talking. What do you think Anna meant by that?
0: I mean, probably means that when they crashed, he didn't talk for a while.
1: Why do you think Echo is trying to save Sawyer so hard?
0: He's just a good person.
1: What about needs of the many versus needs of the few?
0: Many people argue against that theory. Haven't you watched Criminal Minds, that one episode where that guy was trying to, like, be in some leadership position in, like, the government, but he kept answering that question specifically wrong, that it was necessary to sacrifice the few to save the many, and, like, that's the wrong answer. Remember that? It's the one that he was trying to kill everybody with, like, that powder substance. No? Okay, I'm sure. Mom, do you remember that one? She watches a lot of Criminal Minds. Mom?
1: Right, but, like, maybe he could have just, like, carried Sawyer (laughs) instead of, you know, risking cutting through the jungle. I mean, they did lose someone.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, but he, he can't know that. In his mind, he's like, okay, here's the two options. We cut through the jungle, and that will most likely save Sawyer because it's faster. Or you go around the coast, which will most likely result in Sawyer dying. The going to the jungle option poses a theoretical or hypothetical risk to someone, maybe. But like in the two options, it's like Sawyer dies or doesn't die. So you have to go with what's going to definitely save the person who's actually at risk. I feel like you can't base the decision off of like a hypothetical risk to someone, maybe.
1: But there's also the hypothetical that you cut in Sawyer ends up not making it, but you also have lost people.
0: Yeah, maybe. He chose what he thought was the best decision. And we don't know if it was the best decision, obviously. Kind of wish they didn't do it, but I also don't want Sawyer to die, so...
1: Would you have sacrificed Sawyer to save Shannon? No. Blair offers for Locke to hold a sleeping Aaron. At first, he refuses, and then she tells him to stick his arms out. Charlie walks up while Locke is holding him, and... Claire tells him about how she learned about swaddling and Charlie says that he was there to take Aaron. So Claire could go for her walk. It's really awkward. And then Locke says he was just leaving and hands him over. Claire thanks him as he leaves and Charlie stares at her until she asks what he wants. And I cringed.
0: It it was cringy. I did not like it. I was kind of actually hoping that Locke would pull his usual shit where he like, puts his nose in everybody's business, but instead he just lets them do it.
1: For him to be like, oh, and then just like kind of like look around like this was the most bizarre thing. Does he have like such a grip on Claire and Aaron that like no one else ever talks to them or offers to help? Not to be extreme here, but like that's kind of the sign of an abuser.
0: Uh, I do think you're being extreme. I think Charlie's just out of touch. Me, am I wrong wrong in calling Charlie abusive
1: isolation yeah. is the first step
0: I'm not saying okay yeah you're right in that but do I think that he's isolating her from people no we've seen her with Shannon and with son yeah, and I mean, Kate
1: yes I am making something out of nothing I just think it's so bizarre for him to just be like oh this is weird that someone else is talking to her and holding the child
0: yeah i mean i think it's weird trust me i'm not like team charlie here i just think you're being a little extreme
1: yeah well the tailies cautiously move through the jungle and freak out when Jin and sawyer are being loud anna tells them to stop and michael asks again what happened to them and anna tells their story on the first night the others came and took three of them they came back two weeks later and took nine more She calls them smart and animals, and she says they can be anywhere at any time. She says they are in their jungle so that they can save Sawyer. She says one gun and one bullet is not enough to stop them. She tells him to stop talking and keep moving, and Michael says they took his son, and Anna says they took a lot of things. I don't really understand what Michael was going for when he said they took my son. One, they know. Everyone knows. It's all he talks about. Two, they also went through a lot of traumatic stuff. I don't understand what that was going to do for them.
0: I think, once again, you're just, like, being unnecessarily harsh to Michael.
1: What was the point of him saying that?
0: That is the one and only thing on his mind, that they took his child. So what's the point? The point is that that's all he cares about, and that's the point. I just said that's the point like 15 times, but that is the point.
1: (laughs) Okay, I get it. But like, if it's the only thing on his mind, he now knows that their children got taken. Maybe he could be like, did you look for them? Do you have any idea where they actually are other than just around you? All he did was, again, say, they took his son. And it kind of felt like it was like, she was saying, oh, all this stuff happened to us. And he's like, Yeah, well, they took my son. After she just said they took at least 12 of them.
0: (laughs) I feel like, yeah, everything you're saying is right. But like, duh, he doesn't care about them. He only cares about Walt. That's it.
1: Yeah. Point blank, period. That's my problem with Michael?
0: My boy! I feel like you can't make those judgments when you're not a parent. Like, let's bring a parent onto this podcast. If something happened to one of us, Mom and dad would not give a shit about what happened to other people. They just want to get us back. I'm pretty confident in saying that. Like imagine if somebody stole Locke from you and you're on this journey to get him back and people keep stopping you and being like, well, stuff has happened to me too. If if somebody takes my dogs, I don't give a shit what happened to you. I want my dogs back. And that is not even close to being the same as a parent losing a
1: child. Well, then why did he come back? He could have just not come back.
0: Because I think that Echo got through to him and he had one moment of being rational and realizing like he cannot find Walt on his own. But that doesn't change the fact that his one goal is to get Walt back.
1: And apparently save Sawyer.
0: Well, he cares a little bit, which is nice.
1: Saeed finds Shannon sitting at Boone's grave and tells her that he knows what it's like to lose someone you love. Is he referring to Nadia? Is that so weird if he's referring to Nadia?
0: I think it, he is referring to Nadia, but he also like was in the military, and I think you lose a lot of people. And like he lived in, he lived through a war, so it, he could be referring to many people. But I do think it was referring to Nadia.
1: Assuming he's referring to Nadia, it's weird on two counts. Because one, I'm telling my girlfriend I know what it's like to lose someone I love, the the other girl that I love. Which, like, not that weird, but like maybe not like, well, they're mourning a, a sibling.
0: The thing that I think is weird about it is like, <laughs> I really feel like I need more backstory to Said because it's not like he and Nadia actually had a relationship. I just feel like, it was just a complex situation because it was yeah. like a childhood friend, maybe even a childhood crush that he was then supposed to torture and he doesn't know if she's alive. And and then he found out that she is alive and he's about to go see her. And now he's on this Island. Yeah. But uh, it's like very complex and like, yeah, definitely not as simple as uh, your brother who you had sex with.
1: Yeah. That's the other thing. If he's like sitting there being like, Oh, I know what it's like to lose someone you love. It's like, Okay, well, are you are you referring to Nadia because you picked up on the history between Shannon and Boone?
0: The whole thing is weird. It's I just feel like weird. You gotta tiptoe around that.
1: Shannon says that this is not about Boone. She saw Wall, and Saeed asks, "Then why are we sitting at Boone's grave?" Which, like, I love Saeed. He's always like on top of it and knows what's going on. But this episode, he just seems so clueless.
0: I feel like, that was a very typical, like, man thing. Yeah. But also, I just wanted her to be be like, I don't know, fucking Vincent brought me here. Like, it's not like she chose to go there.
1: Shannon gets up and tells him to go back. She is going to go find Walt. We get a flashback. Nora tells Shannon that the letter from the internship came. And when she opens it, she got it. And while they're celebrating, she gets a call and learns her rent check bounced. She meets with Sabrina who's rushing out the door. I point that out because I don't really know if she was that busy, but it could be like one of those situations where you like pretend that you're really busy, just like show dominance or whatever.
0: I feel like the point of it was to show that Sabrina does work, that she's not just like a housewife mooching off of Shannon's dad's money.
1: Right. But we know that as Boone pointed out, she runs a business.
0: Okay, but like, I feel like that's the point of this.
1: Yeah, but it made me think of that scene in Game of Thrones where Cersei and Lady Elena are talking and Cersei's just like writing something down and like, oh, I'll get to you in a moment. And Lady Elena's like, we both know you're not writing anything.
0: Yeah, potentially.
1: Shannon asks when she will get her inheritance as her checks are bouncing. And Sabrina tells her that she and Adam had a living trust. Everything went to her. Nothing was designated to Shannon. Shannon asks why Adam would do that, and Sabrina says maybe he wanted her to find her way to work for money. Shannon tells her that she just got a prestigious internship, which will be unpaid, but will open a lot of doors for her. She said that she's going to work 16-hour days, and Sabrina doubts her ability to do so. Shannon says that she just needs to get to New York, just needs something to get her started, and she will pay her back. Sabrina says that she changes her passions too frequently and she will never pay her back and she will only hate herself more. Shannon tells her that she really wants this and she can do it. And Sabrina tells her that she's on her own. Douche of the week. I hate her as much as I hate Susan and Anthony Cooper. Really? Really.
0: I definitely feel like she's not on the same level as Anthony Cooper or Susan. I would put her, I would rank it like top douche, Anthony Cooper, second level douche, Susan, third level, but close behind Susan is Sabrina.
1: Yeah. And The, the Holy Trinity.
0: <laughs> I do feel like some of the blame lies with Shannon's dad.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Like when you're that rich, you can't just be like leaving it up to chance. If all he had was a living trust, like, he fucked his daughter over, for right. sure. So I feel like we can't just put all the blame on Sabrina.
1: We can't. There should have been something, some legal documentation leaving something to Shannon. But when we talk about a later flashback, I'll talk about how a lot of the blame is on Sabrina.
0: Okay. In this episode?
1: In this episode.
0: Oh, yeah, because she's dead. <laughs> cool. uh, okay. Interesting.
1: Locke and Charlie are playing backgammon and Locke tells him that he hopes he did not overstep with helping Claire, which I don't think he actually means that. I think he just wanted to open this conversation up.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Charlie asks if Claire mentioned that they had a fight and Locke says he that Claire did not call it a fight. Charlie tells Locke that Claire was going to give it says it. I noticed
0: that and I was going to put it in my notes, but then I was just like, whatever. But that really pissed me off.
1: Locke says he knows because Claire told him when he built the cradle, which Charlie has a really fun reaction to that, too. This is the part where I'm going to shit on Charlie, by the way. I promised it would be the back half. I can't get through a whole episode. I'm sorry. Then Charlie says that Claire has a lot to learn about being a mom and responsibility. Charlie, you're not even in your niece's life. How the fuck do you know what it takes to be a parent?
0: This is what I mean by, like, he is so out of touch. Like, I I cannot even understand where this shit comes from. I hate him so much right now. Just awful. Just absolutely horrible. And I also feel like when Locke says, yeah, she told me while I was building the cradle, I feel like the, the underlying message there was like, Yeah, she told me while I was doing something that actually helped her. Instead of just (laughs) mom-shaming her all the fucking time.
1: Locke calls out his hypocrisy and calls him a heroin addict.
0: Loved it. Did you read my notes?
1: Yeah, but I forget what it said.
0: I said, bro, I love Locke now. Don't hold it against me. That's exactly what I said. I love Locke now. Don't hold this against me. Because next week I'll change my mind. But this was like... Last week, Locke was, like, neutral. Now he's good. He's above neutral. If he could just keep it up, keep up the good work, Locke, because you're on the good side now. Excellent. I had, like, an audible reaction to this line. Excellent.
1: Charlie reminds him that he is a recovering addict, and Locke chooses not to say anything about the statue. I will point out, we haven't seen the statue, and we haven't seen what Charlie's getting up to in his private time. Why do you think Locke chose not to say anything?
0: I think Locke doesn't see any signs that he's actually using. Like, I don't notice anything that would tell me that he's actually using the heroin. I think Locke's just like, okay, it's on my radar. I'm going to hold on to it.
1: I think Locke would be good at Survivor, because he's like, I'm just going to pluck that little information in my back pocket real quick.
0: Uh, Locke would be excellent at Survivor.
1: (laughs) Until, Until it comes time to tribal council. We got to vote Jack out. Why? Because we're supposed to. (laughs) Why do you think Charlie is so threatened by Locke? Wouldn't he be more of like a father figure to Claire than anything?
0: Yeah, but like, if you think about it, Charlie doesn't seem to want a partnership with Claire. He seems to kind of want to, I'm not going to say control, but he talks down to her and he's like telling her what to do. So in a way, he's competing with Locke, even though Locke's not doing that to her.
1: Where is the romantic or sexual chemistry with these two? Because we were told, oh, they're a pair. Charlie has a crush. Claire has sometimes reciprocated feelings. But like lately, it's just like Charlie thinks they're raising a baby together.
0: There is not a lick of sexual tension between them. No chemistry, nothing. Absolutely not. I hate it.
1: This podcast has really made me, like, change my opinions on things, and I kind of hate it. Oh, nice. Jin has to practically drag Sawyer through the jungle, waving off Bernard and Michael's offer to help. And Sawyer asks why Michael suddenly cares about him and tells both of them to leave him alone. He takes one step and collapses, (laughs) which is me telling everyone I'm fine. Immediately just starts crying.
0: (laughs) Okay, not where I
1: thought that was going. I'm having a hard time finding a new job. And uh Kate was like, like you you need to maybe just like let it out, like you know, talk to me, what's going on? And I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then I just started like voicing my frustration. I was like, Oh, I can only ever seem to find fifteen dollar an hour positions that would hire me because apparently that's all I'm worth. And then I immediately started crying. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Michael wakes him and Sawyer tells him that he would have left Michael behind. Michael tells him not to try that shit. And Sawyer says he did leave him behind. Now he's clearly feeling guilty. Michael says it's a good thing that he is not Sawyer. And then Sawyer passes out. Jin calls for water and they cannot get him to swallow. It was a very funny scene of just pouring water in his mouth and then it immediately coming out.
0: I know. I'm like, guys, I think he's past the point of needing water.
1: (laughs) Anytime something on this island happens, someone passes out, someone gets shot, anything. First thing, we need water.
0: He needs some milk.
1: <laughs> Anna tells them they need to get moving and Bernard says they cannot leave them. Anna says they cannot rest. She asks that they remember what happened to them, if they remember Goodwin. And then Cindy agrees saying they need to push on. Michael says he doesn't know what happened to Goodwin and he doesn't care and asks for Echo and Bernard's help to make a stretcher.
0: I honestly kind of loved that. Like, it's like when somebody has an inside joke in front of you, and you're just like, well, I don't know why that's funny, but can we move on? Like, (laughs) he was just kind of like, okay, well, I don't know about Goodwin, so can we deal with the matter at hand here?
1: Saeed asks why Shannon is out in the jungle, and she says she did not ask for him to follow her. He says she's following a Labrador, not a bloodhound, and looking for Walt while he is out on a raft in the middle of the ocean. She tells him that he is not on the raft because Claire found the bottle of messages. She says that she knows that he is out there somewhere. She saw him. The raft is gone and he is alone. You a couple times have said Saeed definitely knows, but it seems like that is not the case.
0: Saeed definitely knows what? That the others have Walt?
1: You said in the season one finale and the season two premiere that Said was thinking, oh, they came for the boy. And you even said in the season two premiere, he thinks something's wrong, but didn't want to cause a panic by telling everyone.
0: Yeah, I did think that. I didn't think about the fact that I had thought that. <laughs> <laughs> I still stand by that. I just think that. For the sake of the current episodes, they, like, have to make him question her. But I still think that what I said before was true. I'm always right.
1: Thunder roars and rain approaches as the tailies Michael, and Jin struggle to get the stretcher up the s- a steep cliff. Or hill, whatever it was.
0: When I tell you, the anxiety just, just oozing from my body at this point I'm like rain is coming the tension was building I was sweating and no way would I have been prepared for what was actually coming but I was just like this is bad this is really bad
1: do you think you would have picked up on every time it rains something really bad happens if I didn't tell you like out the gate
0: yeah I'm pretty (laughs) sure I would have figured it out
1: imagine living on that island and it just starts to drizzle and you're like everybody run
0: i just imagine that when you watch any sort of like rom-com that you have like the worst experience like it's the notebook and the rain is pouring and everybody else is like oh they're in love and you're like someone's gonna die oh, no.
1: yeah i do have a complex relationship with rain now like oh it's so romantic i'm like where's anna lucia with the fucking gun (laughs) they work together and reach the top of the cliff but cindy is gone anna says she's going after her and echo stops her she blames echo saying sawyer is already dead and then the whispers surround them anna pulls her gun and yells to run
0: that was crazy honestly i really thought that who was it that was missing cindy I really thought she was just going to be like, I'm down here, guys. Nobody
1: (laughs) helped me up. It is a very intense scene, but Michael going like, what the hell is that? Did two things. One, it took me out of the moment because it's just like, what the hell is that? It's just like very funny all of a sudden. Two, it really makes you realize how little all the information we as the viewer knows that like nobody else knows. This group of people half of them do not know about the polar bear and the rest of the, all of them don't know about the hatch, the monster being a pillar of smoke or the black rock. Yeah. <laughs> In the last flashback of the episode, Shannon packs up her apartment and Boone finds her. He tells her Sabrina shot down the idea of him taking money saying she must have known why he asked. Shannon asks if she can stay with him in New York while she gets on her feet, and Boone tells her that he is leaving New York to work for Sabrina. He offers her money to keep her afloat when she, and when he gets his trust fund, but Shannon says that she will figure it out on her own. Boone says not the right thing, which was who knows when that will be.
0: Yeah, not great.
1: And tells her to take it. Shannon asks if he thinks she cannot do it. And Boone says, that's not what he said. She asks again, and this time he doesn't even answer. Over for 2, Boone. Boone tells her to just take the money, but Shannon says he can take his own money and leave. Saying she doesn't want it, and as Boone leaves, she starts to cry. And this breaks my heart before my heart just gets crushed by a hammer because the portrayal of Boone, like it's it's when she was like, you're going to work for your mother. Like that to me said, you of all people should know your mother is like terrible.
0: Yeah. I do feel like you're being a little dramatic.
1: No, 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 no. I'm not done yet. The hypocrisy of Sabrina. (laughs) Adam just wanted you to find your way, you know, to work for things Oh, Boone, do you want a job at my fucking wedding empire, even though you have no qualifications?
0: That's that's true. That's a great point. He has a trust fund. Where's her
1: fucking trust fund?
0: I mean, that's on her dad. Like now you're just screaming at a dead guy.
1: She should take care of Shannon. That's her stepdaughter. If she loved Adam, she should be taking care of his fucking kid.
0: Okay, but if her dad wanted her to be taken care of, he should have set that up. A trust fund is something that would have been set up forever ago. And also, you don't get a trust fund until you're 21 normally. So that's not even gonna help Shannon
1: right now. Well, she should still get some fucking money. The fact that she's, that Sabrina's like, oh, he wants you to find your way and like work for it. She fucking gives Boone a job for no reason. And fucking Shannon earns that internship that was really hard to get. I'm sure. I don't know about dance. But you're gonna fucking say that shit and then immediately turn around and do that. It's fucking bullshit.
0: Yeah, for sure. Definitely true. Definitely a hypocrite. Do I think that Boone is in the wrong here? Not really. Like
1: I, I would have taken the job too. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Boone doesn't owe Shannon anything, and he tries to give her money and he, the offer of continuous help.
1: He should at least say, "I believe in you." The okay, fact but that what if he
0: doesn't? Why does he not believe in her? She got
1: the internship.
0: Okay. She got the internship. We don't know if her name helped her get the internship. We have a lot of missing information about Shannon. I feel like we can't just immediately jump on Boone and be like, you have to believe in her. Like she goes on to just continuously scam him over and over. And she's like, not the best person.
1: What do you mean the name helped? She's not, it doesn't, it's not the same last name as Sabrina.
0: Okay. But obviously her dad's rich as fuck. So
1: we don't know if it's like famous or anything
0: Zane, it doesn't matter. You're like you're just arguing to argue at this
1: point. I'm not arguing. I just don't understand why you're not shitting on Sabrina right now.
0: What I'm trying to say is that we have a lot of missing information on Shannon. And what we know that she does next is she scams Boone after he offered her money. Like, if she wanted the money that she's eventually going to steal from him by pretending to be abused, why didn't she just take it in the first place? It's not his job to take care of her.
1: Right. But, I mean, what you can infer is that she did honestly want to try to figure it out on her own, failed, and then was like, all right, I'm going to start scamming Boone.
0: Okay, but she could have – Now we don't know, and we're probably never going to know – but she could have just gone back to him and been honest and been like, I really gave it a fair shake, but I really need help. Can you help me? And I'm my guess is he would have been willing to help her, but instead she manipulated him and I don't love it. And I'm not trying to shit on Shannon, but I'm saying like, there's a lot more to this than just like boons that fall. And like, obviously Sabrina does suck, but I think, a lot of the fault goes to Shannon's dad. He didn't do anything to set her up with his money. And I feel like a lot of people listening might just be like, wah, 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 rich people problems. Not everybody has a trust fund and a rich dad to die and give me millions of dollars. Oh my But gosh. is is Sabrina a hypocrite? Absolutely. Because she's saying you need to figure it out and then not implementing those same rules for her own child She's obviously a piece of shit, but like, I don't know. Shannon's dad, eh, not great.
1: Here's the thing that infuriates me is let's say Adam was rich too, because we don't really know much about him. We know that what?
0: Look at Sabrina. Does she look like she would marry someone that's not rich?
1: Sure. But let's the living trust, everything went to Sabrina. She clearly wants nothing to do with Shannon. Why not just like give her money and be like our relationship is over because she's rich. She doesn't need that money
0: because I don't think it's just, Oh, I want nothing to do with Shannon. She obviously resents Shannon. Like look at the way that she watched her and Boone, but all Boone was doing was comforting her because her dad died. And she's looking like with hate towards that relationship. Like she's obviously got issues towards Shannon, which is why I said she needs therapy. So she's not going to help her. She's a bad person.
1: Shannon struggles to keep up with Vincent in the rain and falls down. Said asks if she's okay, and she tells him not to help her up. He says that they should go back, and Shannon asks why he doesn't believe her. She tells him that she needs him to believe in her, and he says he does. But she says no one believes in her. They think that she's a joke and that she is worthless. He says that she's not, but she says that he is saying this now, but the second they get off the island, he will leave her. Said says he will never leave her. He loves her, and he believes her. They hug, and they hear the whispers. Then Saeed sees Walt in the jungle, and Shannon asks if he can see him, and Saeed says yes. She gets up and runs toward him, and Said hesitates, clearly spooked, and runs after her falling over, and then hearing a gunshot. He runs toward it, and Shannon stumbles out of the jungle, shot in the stomach, and falls into his arms where she dies. He's crying and looks up to see a shocked Michael and Jin and a guilty Ana Lucia holding the smoking gun. And that is how the episode ends.
0: Now I'm sad again.
1: (laughs) So it's officially over, I know the age gap will always be a problem for you, but let's just look at their personalities. How do you feel about Shade?
0: Is it a pairing that I would have chosen? No. I don't hate it. I feel like it was good, but I do kind of feel like I can't get past the age difference.
1: Do you think he actually would have chosen Shannon over Nadia if they all got off the island and Nadia found him?
0: Not a damn chance. Not a chance in hell. And obviously, when I'm watching him promise to never leave her, I don't know she's about to die. So I was (laughs) like, oh, big words, dude. Big promises made right now. (laughs) Not a great idea.
1: How do you think Saeed and Ana Lucia and everyone else are going to handle the immediate (laughs) fallout of this situation?
0: It it is not going to be good. Like, I don't really know. I don't really have an answer to that. I just know, not good.
1: What do you think is going to happen with Charlie and the statue as his relationship with Claire is starting to become more and more strained?
0: I think either Claire is going to find out what's in the statue somehow, or what's his face. Locke will confront Charlie about it.
1: Final thoughts on Shannon as a character.
0: I really liked her. She was fun. Like I liked her when she was a brat and I liked her as like a stronger person. And now I'm sad, but I'm like super sad for Saeed. I feel like that's what was so upsetting to me was like the pain on his face. This is like, um, for Game of Thrones fans, when Egret died, I cried for a solid 30 minutes. Like I could not stop sobbing and part of it was because I did really like Egret, but the other part was that I knew how much it hurt Jon Snow and I could not stop crying I was so sad for him and then I would like stop crying and I'd be like I'm okay and then I'd think about it and I would just like it was the same situation she died in his arms and then I would just start crying again like mm, I feel like next week is gonna be rough for me
1: did you see that TikTok that I sent you
0: Yeah. Okay. So I like finished the episode. I'm super sad. And then I've like moved on and then Zane sends me all the TikToks that he's made about this tragic scene and I have to relive it over and over again.
1: I wrote down to the best of my memory, the speech that I gave our mother regarding Shannon as a character. Why I like her so much, because it is hard to justify liking a background character who dies early on in the show. But I think the reason I like her so much is potential, you know, but here it is. Shannon is a fun character for me. She's funny. She's real. She's relatable. And as Kate lovingly puts it, she's camp. She wants to be useful. And when she feels when she helps people, she feels fulfilled. Like with the French translations, she got screwed over by her stepmother, a little by her stepbrother and a lot by her father Out of a standard of living that she was used to. She was as bad as a person as any of them. Conning Boone and all that. But like everyone on the island, she grew. I'll never forgive the writers for giving her this hope and happiness of someone finally believing in her. And saying she is not useless before promptly killing her off. I know Maggie Grace wanted to leave, but I feel like they could have done so much more with her. And I would love to have seen her contribute in the search for Walt and so many of the other storylines yet to come.
0: I feel like the only consolation for me is that she wanted to leave. Like, yeah. it kind of makes it a little bit better for me because I'm like, okay, they didn't just say, we're done with her character, bye. It was like a choice made by the actress. So it, it's a little bit better, but I'm still really sad about it. Yeah, I'm i super sad for Said.
1: It would have been very jarring to the audience, but they could have done a little bit more with her and the episodes leading up to this one just to, like, make it feel more.
0: I don't know, though. I get what you're trying to say, but I almost feel like that's too forced. Not everybody yeah. is going to get a perfect storyline.
1: It just feels like such a joke, though. You're not useless. Bang!
0: Yeah, but that's the whole, like, that's the whole point. Like, I did not see that coming. It... It kind of goes against what you traditionally see in TV. So, I mean, it was kind of like good in that way, but also horrible.
1: Yeah. we made, I made a TikTok on it, but it really stems from me having a conversation on Reddit a few years ago where we would talk about like the characters who left the show early on. And, like, how we wanted to see what they would have done later in the show when things get really hectic. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah. Like, they wrote off one of my favorite characters right as their storyline really started to pick up some steam. And somebody responded, oh, yeah, I love Boone, too. And I was like, fuck Boone.
0: He's talking about Shannon. Well, that was pretty much the exact TikTok that you sent. Yeah. So here's a fun little tidbit for the listeners. Zane's coming to California tomorrow.
1: No, I'm not. I'm coming in two days, but
0: today's Today's Friday. I forgot. Here's a fun (laughs) little tidbit for the listeners. Zane's coming to California in two days. Kind of a last minute little trip there. And we'll be together for less than 24 hours, but that's okay. How do you feel about maybe we watch the next episode together?
1: That'd be great.
0: Because I'm thinking, in my mind, I'm thinking we're going to get some reunions. And I can't fucking wait. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to be pissed. All of a sudden, this is like a a whole episode that's only in the hatch. And like, I don't get to... No, your face. Stop it. Is that what's going to happen? Am I not going to see? I am about to throw up. Are you... What...
1: Stop making faces. Well, normally, normally we do final thoughts and hottie of the week first, but let's just go straight into what's next week's episode.
0: Okay. Um, oh my god. Here we actually- guess, Lauren? Stop! 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 Are you telling me I'm not getting the reunions that I want?
1: I'm not confirming anything, Lauren.
0: I will. I will scream.
1: Lauren, what's the next episode about?
0: Stop laughing. I'm getting really upset. I'm about to cry. <laughs> if it is a Hatch episode. Okay, here's my guess. Um, I think it's going to be a fight to save Sawyer. And I think it's going to be a Sawyer episode. No. Okay. The what's episode the- is.
1: <laughs> the episode is called The Other 48 Days. And it's everything the tailies have done since they got to the island.
0: Oh my god! Are you fucking joking? (laughs) I am so upset right now.
1: (laughs) Your reunions will be here soon, Lauren. Just not next week. I'm
0: nauseous. I'm really mad.
1: (laughs) You're like, oh, we we can reunite, and then they'll reunite.
0: the only reason i wanted to watch the episode together was because i was like oh they're gonna reunite and then i can watch it sooner than i would have normally watched it Because normally i'd watch it like next week like later in the week oh i'm really mad i'm really mad now i have to wait two weeks to see sun and jane reunite Maybe. oh the way that i am furious right now okay whatever fine sure can't wait for next week
1: hey, well anyway <laughs> it's funny of the week
0: oh hotty of the week Ugh. i'm torn because honestly all this episode did was stress me the fuck out like i did not really find anybody hot i know i'm supposed to find saeed hot but the age difference was like really getting to me he was even shirtless and and i did like that but like part of me wants to give it to shannon because she died She was
1: pretty attractive in this episode.
0: I mean, she's great hair. She always has such good hair.
1: Legs that go up to Canada.
0: Here's the thing. I'm going to give it to Shannon and reason hair and she died. And I like her.
1: You'll also never be able to give it to her again.
0: Yeah, I just feel like she is a very attractive character. And so I'm going to give it to her. Final thoughts? Final thoughts. Uh, Devastation. Pretty much sums it up.
1: Well, I hope you're excited to relive it all again next week because the other 48 days does end on day 48.
0: (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm not ready, actually. Thanks so much. (sighs) But I am excited to see you. And I guess the other members of our family, sure. And maybe we'll actually make those TikToks that we talked about forever ago. I mean, don't get too excited, people. We're only going to be together for less than 24 hours. What time's your flight land? I don't know. Great. That's informative. But head on over to TikTok, and you might find, like, maybe one TikTok that we make together. And Zane made it
1: 9.35 p.m. <laughs>
0: Jesus. Okay, we're literally going to be together for, like, 12 hours. Okay, anyway, Zane did make a fun little filter that apparently he doesn't know how to replicate or save.
1: No, I know how to replicate it. It's just a lot of work.
0: Okay, somebody teach Zane how to save a TikTok filter... And you can do that by heading over to our TikTok at LaurenGetsLostPod, or our Instagram at LaurenGetsLostPod, or our Twitter at LaurenGetsLost. And side note, I have been trying to make a Twitter account for one of my classes for the past three weeks, and it will not let me make a Twitter account. Why? Why is that happening pay to me? For it. Somebody help me. Anyway, if you enjoy our podcast, please give us five stars wherever you're listening. Leave us a review. We love to read them. Slide into our DMs and talk shit or be nice to us so I don't cry. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your dog walkers. Don't shoot anybody in the stomach this weekend. And join us next week for an episode that I am really kind of pissed about.
1: Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Wister, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time.